This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. Food writer, critic, Ann Christensen, and me, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect from Radio Milwaukee. On this week's edition of This Bites, we got uh, news about a new pasta restaurant coming to the Crossroad Collective. Plus, we got some sad news from a, from a classic, iconic bakery in Milwaukee. And we got news about a steakhouse, a modern kind of steakhouse that's coming to Milwaukee and more. But Ann, how are you doing? You were in Pittsburgh, right? Me. Hey. Hi. Yes, I was. I was just in Pittsburgh. Any uh, cool dining spots uh, you uh, visited? Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. I went to a Spanish tapas restaurant called Morcia. Great. Um, I lo- they had really good um, uh, octopus. If you like octopus, really delicious. Like charred or um, how was it prepared? Yeah, it was charred and it had just had this beautiful texture to it. And also had some uh, some cod croquettes. So Morcia, I don't know if you know that that word actually refers to a blood sausage, oh. which is made from pig's blood. Um, but that's actually where the name comes from. But um, I wanted to t- talk a little bit more about that menu because it's it, they really have a great menu. Um, oh, so there was a rodicchio and apple salad that we had Um they had wonderful fried artichokes. Mm. Uh, so there were croquettas that I mentioned are salt. They were salt cod and crab croquettes. Um, and uh, as I mentioned, they had, you know, just a, a, a wonderful octopus dish and um, a, what they call foie blonde, which was a chicken liver and foie gras mousse. Mm. It came with sour cherries and pistachios, and it had pink peppercorns and brioche. That was really, really good. But I would say that my um, favorite meal was actually at a vegan restaurant. And it really? was, um, yeah, it was a vegan restaurant um, called Apteca. And uh, their whole focus is on Eastern European food. So like Polish uh, was really the focus um, on of the menu that we had the other night and the food was just delicious. I mean, they had definitely had like pierogies. I actually absconded with a menu because I, I loved it so much. They had like a Ukrainian beef borch. Um, so that's, that's um, a, a beet soup, but like a sour um, red beet soup with potatoes um, and celeriac. I never know how to say that. Um, margarine, dill, carrot, and double fat with a piece of light rye toast. They had um, both boiled and fried pierogies. So you could get different ones. They had um, some potato dumplings that had savoy cabbage and cauliflower and kohlrabi paste. Um, they had a schnitzel, and that schnitzel also was um, made from uh the the root uh, of a of a celery plant, which is celeriac, celeriac, celeriac. I never know how to say that, but it, it came with beets and leeks and apple salad, um, and that was absolutely delicious too. And then they had a stuffed cabbage with buckwheat, mushrooms, preserved tomatoes, and that came in an herbed mushroom jus. 
I mean, Tariq, I know you are not a vegan. I am not a vegan, but this food was so good. I did not at all miss um, the meat component that you would especially associate with foods from Eastern Europe. You know, you think about sausages, you think about, um, you know, uh, beef stuffed cabbage, all those sorts of things. And this was just wonderful. I would happily eat back at, at this place again. Now, my niece that I, I went to visit my niece in Pittsburgh, she went there one night when they, um, so it's called Apteca. And one night they had a concept, a pop-up called Crapteca. And Crapteca was like their vegan interpretations of like crap food. So like, you know, um, some like fast food mm. in essence. And she said it was amazing. Wow. And this place gets so busy. There are lines outside of it every night they're open. They're only open three nights a week. We stood in line, but we got there right when they opened. So we ended up getting seats, but um, I totally recommend this place. Cool. And that was in Pittsburgh. So if y'all going to, anybody out there want to go to Pittsburgh, definitely check out those places that Ann mentioned. Let's get to some news right here in Milwaukee. Ardent recently celebrated its 10th anniversary. And uh, of course, if you're familiar with Ardent, been on the dining scene for some time now, known for their pre prefix menu. And um, of course, chef owner Justin Carlisle leads that team at Ardent and also created Red Light Ramen, which unfortunately recently closed. Also partnered with the the new spot with 2A Wine uh, over on Walker's Port called um, 1033. Yep. Um, so, and it's also Ardent's been um, recognized by the James Beard Award for several nominations and recognized as a top North American restaurant. But recently he announced that he's going to expand the tasting room uh, uh, to more into a more casual lounge space to serve guests a laid-back menu and be shows starting November 17th with doors opening from Tuesday to Saturday. Um, so I don't know what the what's going to be planned on the menus and stuff, but uh, just shout out to uh, Arden for being a culinary destination for Milwaukee. Coming up on this Bites, we'll continue our conversation with a new pasta restaurant coming to Crossroad Collective. We'll be right back. I'm 88.9 Story Zori. And I'm Milwaukee Films' Christopher Pollard. And we are the hosts of Cinnabuds. Yeah, we are. And on Cinnabuds, we talk about movies. Flicks. Moving pictures, they are referred to as also. Talkies. Talkies is good, yeah. <laughs> and you can listen to us every week. On Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Or you can listen to the entire podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast. Cinebuds is brought to you by Associated Bank and Eyes on the Lake, I Care and I Wear. We're back on This Bites, Milwaukee's longest running culinary podcast with the host, food writer and critic for Milwaukee Magazine, and Christensen. And you, Tariq and me, and a.k.a. The Architect. Yeah. Um... Crossroad Collective, uh, you know, they've got a lot of a lot of changes happening over there. You know, we got an announcement that we talked about an announcement about the egg roll place coming very soon to Crossroad Collective a few weeks ago on this bite. Um, several restaurants left. Uh, now we get a new pasta restaurant. We had one there called Egg and Flour. Now it's the only location is in Bayview. Uh, 
um, done by Adam Pollock. This new pasta restaurant is going to be run by a veteran like me by the name of John Newt Savian. I apologize that I mispronounced that word. He's been captivated by the art of traditional pasta making and experience so profound had planted the seed for his own culinary venture. Uh, the new place is called Noodle Me uh, on November 16th at Crossroad Collective. It's the first pasta-centric offering, again, since uh, the aforementioned egg and flour. Uh, Noodle Me aims to serve up comfort in a bowl with a menu boasting expertly crafted dishes using freshly locally sourced ingredients from places like Springdale Farms. The Vian, already familiar face at Crossroads with his globally inspired news cafe, I didn't know that, plans to infuse, plans to infuse Noodle Me with an international zest. Anticipating dishes including classics like Sunday gravy with bolognese and penne and a tomato cream vodka sauce to globally touch creations like mushroom masala over fettuccine. So be on the lookout for Noodle Me again coming November 16th. And that includes uh, uh, also uh, Mex Avenue, Temple Goddess, Adonis Burger, and that aforementioned egg roll shop that's coming to the Crossroad Collective. And are you familiar with Lopez Bakery? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yep. So, so I guess I didn't realize they've been around for 50 years. So tell me about tell me about your experience at Lopez Bakery before getting to the bittersweet news. Okay, so I discovered them back in the 90s. Um, and this was something that um, my coworkers, when I started working at the magazine, our offices were in the third ward and we would go to a lot of Hispanic restaurants for lunch. And that was just something that we did, you know, really explored the South Side. And um, we started stopping at Lopez Bakery because we loved, you know, having some kind of sweet. And, you know, they definitely made like churros, which, you know, are um, kind of like uh, rod shaped donuts in a way, um, deep fried pastries that are cinnamon. But they also have, they or they also would make all these amazing Mexican cookies, um, which are really different from cookies that you probably would have had would have in um, you know uh, in American style bakeries, you know. And my favorite thing that they always had were these. Um, I think it's called they're pig cookies, but I think they're called marinitos. Mm. But they're like a ginger cookie, but they're soft and mm. they're shaped like pigs. So um, it, actually, it's more of a cinnamon cookie. There may not be any ginger in there at all, but it has that spicy flavor. Mm. Um, but have you ever had Mexican cookies at all? I mean, they're, yeah. really, they're really different. They're almost like sweetbreads. They're very, yes. um, they're kind of cakey. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but they, Lopez had amazing baked goods and breads. Um, and, you know, like for instance, those going back to the cookies, like those Mexican pink cookies. I don't know if you've ever seen those. They were mm -hmm. kind of like a butter cookie. Um, but I just loved their bakery. And um, I think at the time they, or back in the nineties, they started becoming really popular and they had multiple locations of this bakery. And then I remember um, Lopez was at um, South Shore Farmer's Market for a while too. Uh, but anyway, I, I became a big fan, um, of their baked goods and yeah, it's, it's really too bad that they're closing. Yeah. And it's, uh, thanks to, uh, and 
Uh, the economic hardships, thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, unfortunately took a toll on their bakery, led to this tough conclusion, which they announced on their Facebook page. Again, the historic Mitchell Street location remained open until the building finds a new owner. Shouts out to Lopez Bakery for their 50 years of service and amazing, delectable baked goods and more. Next, Anne, you like a good steak, right? I do. I, I actually don't have steak that often, but I do enjoy a good steak. You? Yeah, yeah. I I I'm I, I got a sous vide machine during the pandemic, and uh, sometimes when I get a really good piece of steak, I don't want to mess it up. I get my sous vide machine out, put it on like uh, medium rare, let it sit in a little little warm sauna bath for like about a little hour and twenty minutes because it's about a it's almost a two inch steak. I sometimes I get. Then I <laughs> sear it in the broiler, little butter, garlic, and rosemary, and, uh, and, and I go to town. So, but. If you don't want to do all that work, Anne, you let me know about this new place called Carbon Steak opening in December. Uh, and it features the former master chef and Marcus operation manager lead. So Carbon Steak isn't just about food and drink. It's about an immersive experience. In his collaboration with Kaylor Slater, aiming to create a bold, luxurious atmosphere uh, with seating for 116. Um, no... It has no details about the menu, does it? Not really. They, I mean, they no. mentioned, you know, prime steaks and wagyu beef and roasted seafood towers, I believe, but nothing more specific than that. And we got another veteran taking part in this uh, restaurant endeavor. Operation will be spearheaded by Andy Kulakowski, a Marine Corps veteran and a certified sommelier. So you can expect a really good wine list. And also some special cocktails as well. Um, again, expect to this restaurant opening in December. To close out this edition of This Bites, we used to do this during the pandemic for a while. We used to talk about cookbooks. Oh, cookbooks. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, we also used to talk about what we were cooking. Oh, yeah, we used to do that. To stop well. doing that, too. Yeah, that's, that's, that's all your fault. But anyway, we talk about cookbooks. So I, I decided, uh, I saw, uh, I, I'm on eye for cool cookbooks that inspire me. Mm -hmm. I came across this book on an Epicurious website dedicated to West Af African cooking. The book is uh, written by Senegalese chef and activist Pierre Thiam. Um, basically, he's uh, celebrating West African cooking in this cookbook called Simply West African. So it explores, it explores the the vast, amazing of West African flavors with recipes ranging from Singalese style jollof. Jollof is a big thing. Like a lot of countries compete on their, their who has the best jollof rice, right? Have you had jollof rice? I have. And most recently I had it at Emmy's. Was it good? It was, yeah, it was good. Okay. Check so out like, Emmy's on Oakland Avenue yeah. or uh, on the east side, not Shorewood, but the east side. So out east, I, on my Instagram, there's like, Jollof Fest all on the East Coast because a lot of Africans on the East, North, you know, on the East Coast, D.C., Philadelphia, New York. But um, there's also a Ghanaian coconut-rich wakai, not sure what that was, is per se, and a peppery Nigerian buka soup. So it really kind of explores this region in Africa. But also, besides the recipes, he's also looking at how the book celebrates the rhythmic culture of West Africa and his reflection in cuisine. 
It also provides a guide to creating the right atmosphere in your kitchen to enhance the culinary experience. So this book's coming out soon, so be on the lookout for Simply West African. Well, that does it for this week's edition of This Bites. This Bites is produced and edited by Kim Shine with support and generosity from our membership. Please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts at. Spotify, NPR, directly from our website at RadioMilwaukee.org. Feedback's important, so please rate and review. And always stay hungry, Anne. And keep the Malord cold.